lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again uh, for a mini episode of the show today, an office hours episode of the show today, because I'll be real, I'm dealing with some medical stuff this week. I'm kind of on demand, and I've been focusing more on getting my body right <laughs> than other things. Um, so instead of a, a regular episode um, this week, I decided to give all of y'all a treat and give a big old chunky preview of our latest episode of Required Reading. That is a Patreon exclusive show for $5 backers over at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Um, it's our first spectacular. We talked about the Chamber of Horrors match as well as the uh, 1991 travesty of a horror comedy and <laughs> nothing but trouble. Dan Aykroyd's only directorial credit um, with, of course, my regular co-host Hollis on that show, as well as uh, a guest, one of my good friends and co-host on the Mr. Video Game Super Show every Monday on twitch.tv slash Entertainment, um, Travis. And so that was a really fun show to record. It's a long one. Uh, so I decided to cut about 30 or so minutes out of that and give it to everybody for free just to get a taste of what we uh, devolved into while talking about the, the wonders of creativity and the uh, folly of inept execution um, on said creativity and stuff like that and why it fits our definition of required reading for that show. But that's not the only thing, because even though I'm not feeling great at the moment, we still have some business to take care of because it's November, which means it's officially QWI season. And uh, both the list, the QWI 200 list is coming up, as well as the 2023 QWI awards as voted on by you, the fans and listeners of LGBT in the ring. And I teased it on the Twitter account, but we do have some news regarding both. So let's start with the QWI 200, uh, because I can now tell you when that list is going to be released. Obviously, we release it over the course of a week over at Outsports.com, but the dates this year, the list will start going up on Friday, December 1st. And will culminate on Thursday, December 7th. Um, that will also culminate with an episode of this podcast that will go up on the same day. So we have our date set in place for the release of the 2023 QWI 200. Uh, very excited to get this, uh, this project done and out for everyone again. It's always a, a wonderful time of the year, even if it is a very intensive work period for me. No issue there, honestly. I, I, it's a labor of love. I love it to do it. Um, so December 1st through the 7th is the, the, the dates for this year's QWI 200 list over on Outsports.com. The awards, of course, we do our awards based off of solely the uh, input from the listeners and fans of the show, which also, not just for the final voting, but also for the nominees. So our nominations ballot is going out today. 
It will be up by the time this podcast is up. You can check it out on our Twitter account at LGBT RingPod. Um, I will likely have it in other places too, but that is the, probably the best place to check for it is the Twitter account. Um, and go in, nominate your favorites in every category, and uh, we will keep that nominations ballot open until midnight Pacific on November 16th. Um, that will be the cutoff for nominations, and I'll go through and tally all that good stuff up, and we'll have a final ballot that will be released on November 18th that will uh, be up for everyone to vote for. Um, I, w- I w- haven't set the date for when that final ballot's going to close yet. I will announce that later on, but for now, the nominations ballot is live for everyone to go uh, check out and submit their favorites in all of our various categories um, there. And definitely make your voice heard. I, I This is another thing that I, I really love seeing the input from everyone that listens to the show, the input from the wrestling community in, in talking about the greatness of LGBTQ pro wrestling and the people within it. Um, so get them in. Get them in and give me more work to do, please. <laughs> no joke. No joke. Um, so, yeah. Big QWI stuff out of the way now. Now it's just getting everything together and getting it done and having everything ready for a very, very fun December for all of us. Yes. Um, but that's it for for the show right now. Um, we'll be back next week with a with a full episode. Of course, support the show at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Shout out to the roster of lovelies, Val Capone, Alexi, and Jerry Legend. And enjoy... This uh, taste of the required reading spooktacular. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to Required Reading, the Patreon-exclusive series where we take pro wrestling and film and put them in conversation with one another, a.k.a. uh, myself and my good friend, Hollis, uh, put our unfinished English degrees to good use. Um, This is a rather interesting episode of this show today, honestly. (laughs) After two months... Of celebrating the lives and legacies of um, some Legend. outstanding people Legends. in the pro wrestling world, we are back on our bullshit um, because Hollis, <laughs> I... <clears throat> what have we done to both ourselves and the people that are listening <laughs> to this fucking show this month? I couldn't. I couldn't even make it through your intro without cackling like a madman. Like I had to like put my hand over over the mic. The uh, we have chosen we have chosen for 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 your listeners today and this month. Uh, we knew we wanted to do something spooky, but but mere spookiness. You can go to any old podcast and get get mere spookiness. We wanted inept spookiness yes. we wanted we wanted spookiness that failed we knew 
uh, it's been a heavy couple of months in the community. Uh, and we, we felt, you know, we had to shoot straight with you on those shows. Um, and, uh, we thought that, uh, y'all, y'all had made it through the, the dark times. Now it was time for a fucking treat. And so we, we chose the perfect, I feel the perfect intersections between spooky and ridiculously ineffective. <laughs> that we fucking did. Holy crap. Our first annual spooktacular. And it is, <laughs> this is, this is what we have brought to you. We, we will talk a- about, we will talk about the match and the movie here in just a second. But on that note, because this is our big, first ever uh, required reading spooktacular here in the month of October. We needed another voice, another mind, another set of eyes to put on our choices for this month to add to the syllabus. And also just to join us in this weird fucking journey that we went down with these two pieces of media. We refused Um, to suffer alone. Exactly. That that's the other reason why. So we are welcoming for the, for the first time on this show. We have a guest, someone who is very close to both of us. I believe we have all slept on each other's couches or some other form of thing <laughs> at some point in I all of our so. lives. Um, please welcome my co-host from the Mr. Video Game Super Show, Travis uh, or Slacker Kite. I don't know. I'm going to call you Travis. But <laughs> Travis is fine. Um, yes. I'm going to ask Slacker, though, Slacker, if the two Slacker. of you love me as a person, why did you invite me to this episode in particular? There's so many other episodes you could have brought bring me along for, you... and then you do this to me. Uh, I'm not offended, but I am a little hurt, just a little. You actually, you lucked out. There was like a forty percent chance you were going to be watching Cruising this week. <laughs> every month there's a 40% chance that we're going to watch cruising <laughs> on this show. Listen, here at required reading, you were a constant you were a constant cruising alert 3. Yeah. You were you're at a cruising watch. That thing is just <laughs> hanging the- from a a string that is continuously having strands of it fall out to the point that it will eventually fall and we will be forced to ingest it again. Remember, during a cruising watch, a cruising has been spotted in your area. <laughs> this is not a cruising warning. This is a cruising watch. <laughs> the, um, yes. Well, uh, I'm we... glad I could be your cruise control for you. Uh, <laughs> that's why we brought you Patter. <laughs> the, uh, King Patter. C- yeah, come for come for the sophomoreisms. Stay for the shtick. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the required reading guarantee. <laughs> No, but another reason why I wanted, uh, why we wanted to have Travis on, and this is something that you uh, put very ex- expertly uh, earlier while we were off air, um, you like shit, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> I love garbage so much. Um, I personally own a Virtual Boy. I own a copy of They Live. I own uh, Edison Reels and Beta Tapes. I am the person that loves the garbage of humanity those things that get tossed out and a lot of them have great reason to exist and be can be kept um in the cases of these two things today i can't say the same now i'll say before i begin i haven't really watched wrestling since andre the giant died which was a long time ago which also tells you that i am old as fuck 
Uh, however, you know, I grew up in Georgia, so it's not exactly as if wrestling was ever too far away. So uh, I still have a decent idea what I'm talking about, and I still remember roughly this era to begin with. So I think I'll be fine on that end. Yeah, and it's and this app you talk about like growing up in in Georgia and just having wrestling around you and just absorbing it through osmosis because the match that we're talking about actually took place in fucking Chattanooga, Tennessee, just a couple hours away from all, all of our old stomping grounds. In, the, in the, uh, in the yeah, like geographically speaking, uh, I think all three of us have done like. We have all been at least Chattanooga adjacent while making terrible life choices. Oh, fuck yeah. I was in radiation damage linked from this crap. Thank you. I I could have known my life better without knowing that entirely. That does explain the whole uh, having a sign out about uh, the the, uh, twins beating, losing to the Braves. (laughs) Yes. As if if the context clues haven't given you the answer to what we are watching this, this month. Uh, the oh, match no. that the match that I have chosen is probably the most infamous match from WCW history, or at least one of them, because who knows? There's probably like four other entries on that list just from the year 2000 alone. We are talking <laughs> going back to 1991, Halloween Havoc, and we are talking about the Chamber of Horrors match, um, and the fucking un unbridled inept chaos that that whole thing was um and to pair with that match hollis what movie did you force upon us this month oh oh, oh, oh. i reached i reached deep inside my sad sack and i pulled out i pulled out a, a a ghost from the past bubbling up from the deep like camera for, for my friends and well wishers i have chose i chose for this so i i want to i want to set i want to set the stage before i i, I say this um <laughs> I, every, of every every currently miked member of required reading has gone through uh i i, I would say low scale medical trauma in the past two months <laughs> we and pretty pretty mid-grade emotional trauma as well just with everything else that's going on and uh we were all in a in a a, a voice chat uh talking about what we were going to do and uh it was it's it, it for those for as a peek behind the curtain for y'all listening uh it is the way the way this process usually works, the, the the way the sausage is made, is Wonder Boy and I will will talk about kind of like what's on our mind, like what is you know what's kind of like what's what's been occupying our thoughts and like what is the what's the sort of closest like pathos or 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 narratively weighted thing sort of similar to that. Last couple months, it's been pretty obvious, unfortunately, but. Um, <laughs> we we knew we wanted to do spooky but we got in the we got into a conversation with slacker about his uh his absolute love so uh, slacker is being immodest here about his love for shit slacker is <laughs> slacker is an extremely intelligent man and he has a he is fascinated by by that which attempted to work but failed spectacularly i 
I've known him for years, and I one one Christmas got him a Tiger Electronics R Force. I'm sorry, R Zone. R Zone, uh, yes. Which you might recognize as the over the eye infrared piece of glass worn by Crash Override slash Zero Cool in the movie Hackers, while he and his friends hack the Gibson. It somehow and that is the makes most... the Virtual Boy look like a titan amongst uh, electronics. <laughs> when, I, when I handed him this unmitigated piece of consumer shit, it is the most emotionally touched I have ever seen him in multiple <laughs> decades of friendship. <laughs> so we were on, we were, we were kind of discussing just absently that we were going to do this show we were going to we were going for spooky and halloween havoc came up because uh slacker had mentioned he had been out of wrestling so long that he wasn't really familiar with shockmaster which listen dear dear sweet listeners we'll tell you about the shockmaster one day today's not that day we'll get there like but we got on the subject of halloween havoc and uh and that's when that's when the light bulb went off that we were going to do spooky and inept. <laughs> I spent more of my life than I care to admit inside of video stores. Um, my dad worked at one for a while. My my older sister worked for one for a while. Uh, while I had some family members who were sick, I I I spent time basically pinch hitting for some family as like doing their grunt work in a video store to just make money and get out of the house. I, uh, I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of films. I, I, and there was only one choice that I could make. And that was 1991's Nothing But Trouble. Starring uh. Dan Aykroyd, Chevron Chase, <laughs> Demiurge Moore, and John Philip DeSouza Candy. <laughs> truly uh, a beloved tbs classic yeah if you're if you're of a certain age this came on tbs around the same time clue came on comedy central like that's those are the <laughs> you had to choose between those two if you were lucky tnn was playing who is harry crumb which is the superior john candy film in every single way <laughs> but if you were unlucky you were watching nothing but trouble on TBS Superstation. Finally, my dad finally figured out how to pirate cable off of the neighbors, and I could tune into Clue, a far superior film, over this mound of fecal matter. Yeah, I was oh, gonna Clue. say I didn't get Comedy Central until I was in middle school. So <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Clue we're, we're, look, uh, recurring listeners, look out for Clue, because one day it's coming up because that is a masterpiece. Oh yeah, wonderful. The um but nothing but trouble if you haven't seen it defies explanation we're going to try our damnedest we're going to use we're going to use words that we probably haven't used since having to prove we knew them in a vocab book in 11th grade because <laughs> like you got to pull out the 10 dollar sat words to describe nothing but trouble you will be agog you will you will be flabbergasted as we describe this movie being like certainly there's no way that this film exists surely you all just got your hands on 20 year old Robitussin on accident somehow digitally huffed it and all all imagined this movie no it exists it's real 
We'll talk about <laughs> it. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't think I'm overselling it. But before we get there, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Before we get to the dessert that is nothing but trouble, we mm-hmm. have to eat our veggies. That is 1991's <laughs> Halloween Havoc. Now, why would you describe it that way? <laughs> I, I, there is, like, you, uh, mm, mm, uh, ooh, okay, I'm, I'm a little heated already. Just Don't thinking worry. about King Halloween Havoc 91. Okay, <laughs> so Halloween, so some of my favorite things in the world are Halloween, Cactus Jack, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And weird wrestling gimmicks. Yeah, Halloween Havoc manages to fuck every single solitary one of those things up, and it is it forces me against my will to behold the Steiners, both of them, for multiple <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I couldn't be less. I couldn't be less happy. <laughs> Well, that feels like a good point to jump into jump into our discussion please, of the match, please. I guess. Wonder Boy, set the stage. Paint okay. us the picture. It's 1991. It's the WCW. What's happening? What what possibly could have caused this bullshit to happen? Okay, so to set the stage for Halloween Havoc 1991, this, of course, is a year of huge transition and kind of upheaval for, 19, for, for WCW, most notably because we are only a few months removed from Ric Flair leaving the company and taking the uh, the big gold belt that is synonymous with the WCW World Heavyweight Championship with him to go sign with the WWF. Um, because of that, that all happened kind of prior to the Great American Bash in July of this year. And that threw a whole bunch of kinks into creative plans and a bunch of other stuff, which honestly... One of the reasons why Flair left, the creative plans were already not that good um, in, in some instances. <laughs> and he was butting heads with other people at the company. I think most notably Jim Hurd, who was the president of the WCW at the time. So Flair's gone. They end up crowning a new champion that night, Lex Luger, uh, in a cage match between himself and uh, Barry Windham. But they have to use a uh, an old WCW tag team title belt as a placeholder for the world title because they don't have that belt anymore because Flair took it with him. Um, and that kind of sets this whole ball rolling towards where we're at now. Um, because we are, our world champion is a heel Lex Luger with Harley Race as his manager. Um, the, and then, of course, the Chamber of Horrors match itself has, has come about partially because of the, the feud between Sting and Cactus Jack. Although that's not necessarily true because Cactus Jack originally wasn't supposed to be in this match. We'll get to it um, because there's some some people were moved around a little bit here, um, and, and and things didn't happen. So the original quick quick, yes. quick note before we get too far away from uh, mm-hmm. before we get further into the weeds here, uh, if you're not super familiar with Lex Luger, uh, let me assure you, uh, you're not missing fucking anything. Uh, the, the, like Barry Windham has more charisma in his bicep than Lex Luger has in his entire soul. I will agree with you on that, but I will also, as the Lex Luger apologist on this show, (laughs) (laughs) I will say that Lex Luger offers far more than I think you're giving him credit for. I think that's fair, especially because 
if you look at if you look at his choice of manager, Harley Race is an all-American icon. Full stop, no caveat. One of the greatest to ever put on tiny, tiny shorts and huck men around in a square. Like <laughs> Harley, Harley Race. It, like when you close your eyes and think of the platonic ideal of like a wrestle man, it's Harley Race you're seeing in your head. The, the the man's got the mic work. The man's got the the presence. He he is to me. He very much typifies like he he typifies the the era of region wrestling. Yes, I definitely agree with you on that. Harley Race, absolute fucking legend, definition of the territories era for sure. Yes. Um. Yes. yes. So let's talk about how this match uh, got thrown into the fucking pit before it even got to ring the bell on the first in the first place. So whenever this match was originally announced, it had a rule set that was really that was announced on WCW Saturday night ahead of the um ahead of the pay-per-view. That rule set doesn't fucking come into play at all during this match because the rule set <laughs> they talked about in that match had nothing to do with an electric chair in a, in a smaller cage lowering down into a larger cage sort of thing. That that's what, just all scrapped. What did they set out? I need okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick while I continue to to go through this because I I, I don't know I I don't I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was closer to like a war game style rule set. Um, the, while while you're looking at this up, uh, Slacker, just to sort of tell you where where we're at, because you had tuned out of the WCW at this point. A lot of their 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 big draws are are either they're they're either too, uh, kind of a little too expensive to field or they have jumped ship like um i, I the, recall a bit about the the feelings everyone had during the to the wcw at the time it was sort of like the digimon to the wwe's pokemon right and that you know everyone loved the uh the big hitters but there were people that were adamant that uh, wcw was better and uh I can't say it. Uh, this really makes me feel much better about your <laughs> sense of taste. Well, see, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. So um, a, a good amount of the matches on this show that happened after the Chamber of Horrors are actually pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, overall, like, I was looking up because, you know, I, I, I sometimes go back and look at, like, what the Wrestling Observer a newsletter was like talking about or the or the pro wrestling torch newsletter we're talking about in in the post of of this event because they they would do like reader polls of what they thought of pay-per-views and for this pay-per-view it had a 64 percent thumbs up um it, it it people more people liked this pay-per-view overall and it's not because of the chamber of horrors match that is for fucking sure um, you know, th this pay-per-view, you had matches with, like, you had, um, I, I believe, um, God, I have to look up the lineup now, too. Uh, I, that'll be an easier thing for me to look up. So, <laughs> but, like, I know, like, your main event was Lex Luger versus Rod Simmons in a two-out-of-three falls match for the WCW World title. Um, I believe that, I know that both Ricky Morton in his weird short-lived heel character of Richard Morgan um, wrestled on this show as well. Um, let me... I got it up here now. Yeah, and then Bobby Eaton and Terry Taylor had a really awesome singles match that was that was celebrated. Um, Steve Austin fought Dustin Rhodes for the uh, for the WCW yep. US title, if I'm not mistaken. That, now, here, that, that's not no the, that's team, not the a, world TV title. 
that's not in the that's just so you know slacker that's not stone cold steve austin that's stunning steve austin and it's an earlier it's an earlier gimmick before Mm -hmm. he went all texas rattlesnake still honestly one of the one of the one of the best guys to just to just watch like parse out a parse out a match just he was always always more than competent yeah i mean you have you have that you have brian pillman versus richard morton in a singles match for the wcw light heavyweight title you have the return of Rick Rude, although he's technically known as the Halloween Phantom because he's still masked on this show, but you can definitely, it's fucking Rick Rude. You know, <laughs> like, there are great and good matches on this show. Now, granted, there are some other fucking stinkers. I mean, Van Hammer versus hmm. Doug Summers. Um, oh. And then, of course, at, at this, and actually this match kind of plays into what I was going to talk about in terms of the preamble to the Chamber of Horrors. Bill Kazmaier against Oz. Do you remember Oz, Hollis, or Travis? No. No. Good. No. Because this was his only match. This was Kevin Nash in a gimmick based off of the fucking Wizard of Oz. What? Yes. You can Google it for yourself and look up what this character looked like. Oh, that that, it feels like this is going to hurt me. It's gonna. Kevin... Kevin, the Kevin Nash, the Kevin Nash, as in, as as in, in the, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, as yeah, in NWO Wolfpack, as in Too Sweet. Actually, I'm that's not even the without. cadence for it. Too sweet. There we go. I don't need to be disappointed again today, so I'll let uh, <laughs> I'll let good friend Hollis do the what? one. What in the chartreuse <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> So he played Oz, and then his he came out with a manager, simply known as the Wizard, um, who was played by Kevin Sullivan. Um, <laughs> and I can't remember. He just kept, um, kept like um, saying the only thing that Kevin Sullivan, as, as the Wizard, would say is like some phrase from the Wizard of Oz. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, and that bums me out because I know it's it's been in my brain rattling around for twenty fucking. Um, and I, and if I watched it, I could see it just like that, but, but yeah, like it, it was just, it was a doomed character from the very beginning. And I bring all of this up about Oz because originally Oz was supposed to be in the chamber of horrors match. What ha- like that's much more of a, that, that makes much more sense as a fit than, than pretty much anyone else. I would rather watch. Kevin Nash fail to pull off that shade of green than I would ever want to watch the Steiners. <laughs> like, yeah, wh- even why I was... know the Steiners are trash. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like I feel like Slacker proves that, like, like if a if a man woke up and it's like you've been in a coma for forty eight years, do you know your name? Uh, yes, it, uh, it it's Craig. Uh, do you know that the Steiners are trash? Oh, they're absolute garbage. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you up to speed on the rest. I feel like, like a door in my mind palace opened up the moment you're like, and there's the Steiner brothers. Oh, fuck. Yeah, like, Why? Just ca- it caused you 1d6 psychic damage. Like, I, you know, honestly, I, I, somehow, so the, Sky, the Steiners are total garbage, yet somehow, somehow, Scott Steiner manages to be 80% of the garbage. They're both garbage. But Scott Steiner is somehow like king of Garbage Mountain. 
I, I would argue Rick more so for me personally, just because of all the transphobic shit that's been happening over the last year that I've had that's to cover in, from him. That's entirely fair. Entirely fair. Thank you. Like the uh, so so we'll put it at uh, we'll put it at what then uh, sixty five thirty five trash for Rick and Scott. That that sounds fine to me. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could reach this agreement before partaking in 1991's Halloween half. <laughs> look, I I will say this for this match, it lives up to the name. Nothing in this match goes as planned. Nothing. No. no. Like the intros don't work right. <clears throat> this. I was I was like we when we rewatched this the first time just to sort of get the the memory juice you know uh, 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 juicing. Um, I was I was shocked by just how many gimmicks they had crammed into a single match. I, I couldn't believe it because I didn't remember it. All I remembered was. Oh yeah, I heard about I heard about the 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 match. I heard that the match like at the beginning of Havoc like sucked, and like I just kind of moved on with my life. You just sort of take it. You just sort of took it as rote. I learned later about like some some specifics about the match, but having like never truly like sat and watched every single second of it, it's it is shit all the way down. It's turtle shit <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we're not even done with the preamble yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, because Oz was not the only person who was originally supposed to be in this match who was not who was pulled out and replaced. So, obviously, the match we have to talk about is the team of Sting, El Gigante, um, and the Steiner brothers against the Diamond Stud. Big Van Vader, Abdul the Butcher, and Cactus Jack, right? Yeah, right. So we know that Oz was supposed to be on that heel team, but actually Cactus Jack replaced him. So Cactus Jack was, wasn't originally supposed to be in this match, but they kind of switched him and put and put Oz against Bill Kazmaier instead of Cactus. I honestly I, think. I honestly like I would take a, a like a Kazmaier and Cactus match that would last all of like three minutes and 50 seconds that it takes for Cactus Jack to just take Bill apart like a like a like an old Dodge I would take that over honestly I was about to say I take that over what we got what we got is so timeless in its ineptitude that <laughs> like it deserves to exist uh so Big Van Vader also a replacement in this match not originally scheduled for it uh he replaced Barry Windham who was originally supposed to be in this match <gasps> But Barry Windham had a legit broken wrist and uh, did not work on this show. Uh, they actually used, there was like a, actually a vignette that aired like right before where we started watching the match that showed him getting his arm slammed in a car door by Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco prior to the show happening to kind of explain away why he's not there and, and injured. So no Barry Windham. We're putting Big Van Vader in there. Fun fact about that bit. Um. It wasn't staged. Barry Windham shorted Arn Anderson 20 bucks at Hardee's, and that's just what happens when you short Arn the Enforcer Anderson. Exactly, for you, motherfucker. For your like, burger. Like, we all remember, well, maybe not all of us here on this call, but we all wrestling fans listening to this remember a couple of years ago, 
um, when he did that whole Glock promo, Cody, that dude is fucking hard as nails. God damn. Um, fucking Rome, Georgia builds them different in oh, yeah. not, no, not yeah. good ways like, all the time. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling is real, but Arn Anderson's realer. Like, Fuck I, yeah. like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be in the same state as Arn Anderson if he were upset with me. And then the final replacement was Are actually you kidding? Ab- was Are you oh, kidding? No, yeah, yeah, the final replacement was actually Abdul the Butcher. He was not originally scheduled to be in this match. Um, but he was put into it to replace the one-man game. What? Yeah. And the reason why is because one man gang just up and left WCW before the show. He's just like, fuck this, I'm out. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> like, that's pure one man gang. Like, if, like, one man gang, um, I say this and I, I am relying on looking back through my mind's eye. But if I had to explain, Slacker, if I had to explain one man gang to you, he is to WCW what ODB was to the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> like, he is just a pure... He's an element of pure chaos. Like, okay. One Man Gang is insane, and that's not a bit. Like... Th- like... <laughs> like, the character of Junkyard Dog is the reality of One Man Gang. <laughs> Oh, junk. Okay, junkyard dog. Okay, there we go. We yeah, found the name. centering element. Okay, there we go, Travis. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we found we found the Kevin Bacon to this game. Yes. <laughs> so, so all of that is how we ended up getting the teams. Three fourths of the heel team had to be replaced in the lead up to this show. Um, I was, I was sure, I was sure you were going to say like, oh, and and Diamond was a, you know, was originally supposed to be was supposed to be Earthquake, but he had car trouble, like. <laughs> I, I just assumed this whole thing was uh, built around Sting and Cactus Jack because they're the only two I could give a fuck about, but I also kind of remember <laughs> that they had a thing. They definitely had a thing. One of the one oh, of the yeah. better rivalries of the early 90s in WCW, oh, yeah. for sure. Easily. The, yeah. the thing about the... Uh, and just because I think this is this probably won't be the only time we discuss Sting and Cactus on the show, oh, but sure. since it's probably going to be a while until we get around to this <laughs> era, particular era again, I do want to say that, like, Sting, like, Mick Foley and, and Sting as performers have a... A, and we talked about this a little bit with Terry Funk, uh, Wonder Boy. Like, uh, Mick Foley and, and Sting are consummate showmen, and they they try to bring out the absolute best in the performers they work with. When you put that together, it's pure gold. Like, Sting, Sting and Cactus were like in their in their better moments we're like we're literally like watching like shakespeare fucking play out because like these guys know how to fucking do their jobs no that is very very true um and and it is a both a uh great thing and a travesty that their talents are used on this show in the fucking chamber of horrors match because uh, i would argue that sting and cactus jack are the two best parts of this match Yes. Yeah. Without oh, a doubt. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, like, they, uh, like no caveat. Like they are the only two who sell any part of this thing. And like, honestly, if we had to take chamber of horrors to get stinging cactus, it's worth it. 
Like, I just, like, if if that's the bad we had to put up, if that's the rain we had to get to get that rainbow, like, I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. I've made peace with that. If you want... Like, uh, everyone else looked like they had called back early from their union break during the match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I'm not a thousand percent sure Abdullah's awake for this whole thing. <laughs> I would say that you know he's awake because he's bleeding, but I'm th- that dude would just bleed in his sleep. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, done like, it so much at this point. Yeah, Abdullah, Abdullah releases blood as a pressure valve mechanism while he sleeps. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 